Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and this is my co-host. My name is Chris Huddleston. And today, we've got a real humdinger for you. We're going to talk about the excellent film, Silverado. She got this mine. Now, I don't want to kill you, and you don't want to be dead. You can't be that good. Let's get him! <laughs> What's all this, then? This is a crazy town, Emmett. I think we'll just get out of here. No, I know this is your horse. Can't you see this horse loves me? Making a big mistake. That's what I told him. If I brought a pretty lady like that into a place like this, I'd stay close. I think you got a point, Emmett. Maybe I better stay here with her. And we're gonna give you a fair trial, followed by a first-class hanging. I had enough of what ain't right. Some people think they can push you around, but it's only true if you let it be. I don't want you to get hurt. This ought to do. Let's get up! Hanging around with you is no picnic. Good trailer. Do you have a synopsis for us, Chris? I do. Uh, first, I wanted to say, so this movie is directed by Lawrence Kasdan. And look, there's two little trivia things about uh, Lawrence Kasdan that are interesting to me. I don't know if they'll be interesting, interesting to anybody else. But the two of us are West Virginia boys. We grew up in West Virginia. And Lawrence Kasdan grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia. No kidding. Which, yeah, which I always thought was pretty cool. And the other bit of trivia is he's directed, he has 13 directing credits. He's directed, in addition to this, he's directed things like The Big Chill and Body Heat and Wyatt Earp and, you know, some other good movies. He's known more, I think, as a writer. Um, he's been very involved in, uh, Star Wars, since Disney took over, he wrote the screenplay for Solo and the screenplay for The the Force Awakens. But for me, he will forever be the man who wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Empire Strikes Back. Sure. And uh, IMDb says that his first paid writing gig was Raiders. Think about that. (laughs) That's your first job, and it's one of the greatest movies of all time. You know, so your resume there. So Lawrence Kasdan directed this. It stars Kevin Klein, Scott Glenn, Kevin Costner, Danny Glover, uh, John Cleese. Um, there's so many people on here. I have to like, they, and they don't put them in like order of stature or anything. Rosanna Arquette, uh, Brian Dennehy, 
Linda Hunt, Jeff Fahey. It, it's a, a, a crazy cast. Yeah. Um, so this is a Western. This is our first Western. And the synopsis that I have here is in 1880, four men travel together to the city of Silverado. They come across many dangers before they finally emer- engage the bad guys and bring peace and equality back to the city. No, that's a that's a pretty tight little synopsis. It is, there. it is, yeah. And one I, last thing that I wanted to say, sure. this was yeah, yeah. a um this was a listener pick. My friend Shelly uh, requested this, and this was a movie that she loves because she grew up when she was a kid, uh, she and her dad would watch this all the time. So it has a, a special place in her heart because of that. So excellent. Let's jump into it. Had you, had you seen this before, Chris? I, I have seen it. Okay. It has been a long time, long enough that I didn't remember what happened um, scene to scene. Mm-hmm. So I got the enjoyment of, you know, feeling like I was seeing it for the first time, although I am aware that I have seen it. I At the end of the last episode when we said Silverado, for some reason I had Young Guns in my mind with Emilio Estevez. And Which I think this is Keeper way Sutton. better than Young oh, Guns. I, I agree. was not I agree. a fan of that. <laughs> I agree. And so there was just a little bit of like, oh, okay, well, you know. Yeah, if it were Young Guns, I may have had to have said, I don't know if I would have watched that yeah, or not. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So I was delighted when I was discovered that mistake on my part, because I yeah. really enjoyed this. Okay, cool. Um, it may be one of my favorite Kevin Costner performances. <laughs> yeah, he's silly in this. It's a different kind of role, but yeah, he's he's fun in it. Yeah, and everybody's so young. It's fun, you know, because you... You know them from their rich careers, and this is a solid 30, 40, 35 years ago. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. 85 is uh, when it came out, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so, so that's kind of cool. He, Costner's really young in it. Um, he just looks like a kid. I don't know what his age was, but... I guess there's a part of me that was expecting it to feel more like an 80s movie, and I was pleased that it didn't um the only place that sort of came up for me was there wasn't a lot of what i would say you know of sort of dialect work um that you often see in westerns that pay a lot of attention to trying to look authentic in terms of time and place and setting, right? I felt like Kevin, Kevin Klein kind of slipped in and out of an accent a little bit. Yeah. You know, he generally just kind of sounded like somebody from California or something, but he would every once in a while, he'd sound a little bit Southern or, you know, something like that. But yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, I love, I'm a fan of his and me too. Yeah. It's a good performance. But it did feel a little like they're all sitting around a campfire, and he's like, "So, what do you fellows want to do tomorrow?" <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's just like you know, you're expecting like pass of beans, cookie, or something like yeah. that. You're what you're just getting a kind of a very contemporary feel from a character in 1880, and that was jarring a little bit with the Kevin Klein character. I, it didn't bug me with Kevin Costner. Somehow he wasn't doing some regional whatever, but he was he, he was making so many other big physical choices and energy choices that that played. 
Mm-hmm. And um, what's the other? The main guy's name is Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn, yeah. Well, you know, he just looks like he belongs in a western to me. For uh, sure, yeah. You know, um, he's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Wouldn't he have thought? I would have guessed he was from like, <laughs> you know, someplace in Texas. You know. Yeah. Uh, and Brian Dennehy is great on screen. Oh yeah, I get, I get, I get the choices of the kind of affable, the dangerous guy that hides behind a big affable, you know, smile. Yeah, um, there was something kind of contemporary in his manner too, but you know, that's not much of a fault. The 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 sets were looked great, and the costumes looked great. Oh, the other, this is a little tiny. I'm really picking nits now. But I've got a little bit of a pet peeve with costuming, and it really uh, gets me in Star Trek. Like, they'll go down to a planet on Star Trek, and everyone on the planet Glorb is like, they're all clothed in these sort of, you know, homespun fabrics. They all look like they just came off the costume rack. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. like anybody lives in this, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, the costumes in this movie are gorgeous, but they do not look lived in to me. Mm -hmm. They look... um, like somebody made them and kind of um, ruffled them up a little bit so they didn't look freshly pressed, but they looked like brand newly built clothes to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, so between that and the and the modern mannerisms, uh, that's kind of all I can have to criticize about this movie. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a terrific western. It kind of kept on giving, like. The whole first half of the movie, you're just getting to know these guys. And then they actually, then it comes into conflict with the bad guys is the whole second half of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I took a, I had to take a bathroom break and I hit pause just as they were like riding into town. And I'm like, well, there's half of this movie left. You know, I felt like I watched mm-hmm. the whole movie and then I got to watch a, another movie about the same people that I had just gotten to know, which is, a, I mean, I, which I enjoyed the whole runtime is just over two hours, right? Yeah. It's like two thirteen. Yeah. Um, but it felt like more movie than that in a good way. Sometimes you watch an hour and a half movie and you're like, that felt like four hours in a bad mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was just over two hours, but I really felt like I got to watch almost a movie and a sequel. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. My only, t- so, okay. I would preface this by saying, Westerns are not exactly my jam. You know, I'm not, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say that I dislike Westerns, but I wouldn't just sit down at night or on a weekend or something like that and just say, I wonder, I'm going to watch a Western, you know, um, there are certain ones that, you know, things like the, uh, Clint Eastwood spaghetti Westerns, you know, from the sixties, that are great and also Eastwood uh, Unforgiven, you know, I think is a, is a masterpiece. Um, But I've always thought of Westerns as being like my, my dad's generation or my grandfather, you know, like my grandfather loved Westerns. Um, But yeah, this is a great movie. I would say this is uh, episode 21 for us. And I would say of, you know, we've done bad movies, we've done good movies. I would say just from a pure entertainment perspective, popcorn movie, uh, this is maybe the best movie that we've covered. Interesting. Um, 
Uh, I hadn't thought about it that way. It's certainly, you know, it's nowhere near the kind of B movie. No. Cult classic end of, you know, which is, which is definitely where we kind of have been playing around. This is, this is, it's a genre, right? I mean, it's, it's a slam dunk Western for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not, um, you know, it's a major studio. It's a, it's a terrific movie. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, some of the criticisms we've had in the past have been like, you know, it's worth a watch if you're into the genre, but if you're looking for something to sit down with a date or just a popcorn movie on a Friday night that you're really going to have a good time with, not so much. This this is absolutely a good time. Like, if you're looking for a Western, even if you've seen it and haven't seen it for a while, I, it's worth a go back. It's It's really beautifully done. I hadn't seen it in a while, and uh, and just throughout the movie, I just kept thinking, oh, I forgot he was in this. I forgot she was in this. I don't think I even mentioned Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's Jeff in it Goldblum, in a right? great performance. And I think you said um, that this that it doesn't feel like an 80s movie, and I would agree with that. But it does, to me, feel like... I feel like you can see the influence of... Um, that he would have had working with uh, Lucas and Spielberg. This feels a lot like a Spielberg movie to me, even though it's um, even though it's a Western and, you know, I don't recall Spielberg ever doing a Western, but it there's some scenes in there where. (laughs) Yeah, did he? Yeah, he was a producer. I did. Oh, okay, he was a producer. Yeah. So but. There's some scenes in there where it just it felt like kind of the fun, adventuresome aspects of, you know, of Raiders of the Lost Ark or something like that. A little bit in scenes to me. Um, My only and again, criticisms, very small nitpicks. The the score is a little overbearing at times. I like the score. I think it's really good. But there were some times in it where I kind of thought it could be a little better if this were in the background a little bit. And I thought the, uh, I thought it was really funny how you had these multiple guys who were in love with, uh, Rosanna Arquette Mm. and, and the, the Scott Glenn aspect with her. I wonder if there were some scenes that were cut with that, because it's just kind of like, you know, he's, uh, saying you know it's like well i'm gonna leave and it's like he's in love with her and there wasn't even anything really set up almost that they even knew each other you know um that that was a very very minor thing they might have filmed a three three and a half hour movie and then had to yeah aggressive about pairing it back because there's a lot of story going on in here and they might have been there is a lot it almost feels kind of like a novel because you have these there are these sort of little vignettes that happen kind of throughout until you get to the main story. So, um, and another, this isn't a, a criticism really. Um, Cause I don't know how, you know, in the context of the movie, exactly how you would do this, but you know, there's a scene, a, a few scenes where in the, they're in this town and um, it's when they meet up with uh, Scott Glenn and, and Kevin Klein meet up with um, uh, Danny Glover mm. and, the town that they're in, John Cleese is the sheriff, and he John is great. Cleese. He is great. Let's talk about John Cleese. Finish your thought, and then we'll. I, I was just going to say he's uh, he's kind of playing against type, 
you know, he's not, he's somewhat villainous. I mean, you don't, you know, you only get so much, but, uh, but wow, I, I loved him. And, but you also, and you brought him up, um, Brian Dennehy is just such a presence in this. And he, um, he's playing more or less the same role that he played in first blood, you know, this sheriff who's, but he's, he's a bad guy. He's, he's smug and cocky, but he's, there's a charm to him. So it's not like you just totally hate him. Um, and I just think, man, what a great actor he was. And, you know, you talked a little bit about Kevin Klein and you kind of forget how great Kevin Klein is. I mean, he's one of these actors who does comedy and drama equally well. And for, you know, people who aren't old guys like, like us, if you're younger and didn't grow up in the eighties and nineties, and you haven't seen much of, of Kevin Klein, go back through his filmography and check out some other movies that he was in. Cause I just love him in this movie. He's really great. I mean, it's an ensemble, a great ensemble cast, but um, Kevin Klein and, and Brian Dennehy especially are just fantastic, I think. But what were you going to say? I agree. Well, I was just going to say about John Cleese in particular, but I think given your immediate comments, it makes me think of something else. I think one of the, one of the dangers a little bit of casting such a group of really talented um, on-screen actors Mm-hmm. Is I don't feel I don't feel like Kazdan pushed them as hard as he might have. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. Kevin Costner is young and is hungry, and he's making a lot of choices and he's putting a lot of energy on the screen. And it's not to say he's pushing, but he's really filled in the corners of it you know Mm -hmm. you can sense that this is a guy that's got backstory that even when he doesn't have a line he's got big clear feelings about what's going on and you compare that a little bit with Dennehy's performance and pretty much everybody else is they're definitely telling the story and they're telling the story in a very competent very enjoyable way but I know, for example, that if a director really, really, you know, made Brian Dennehy do 35 takes of something and really dialed him in, I want more. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, I see, I want to see more, um, like when you, when you hit this guy, when you're firing him and then, and, and we see what's behind the smile, the brutality, I really want that to feel shocking, you know, even more, even more, let's go again. You know what I mean? I think you could get um, all of these are Oscar Oscar winning actors. Like I don't, I say that I'm Oscar worthy actors. They mm-hmm. really, they I know that they can go deep in in complicated places, and there isn't a lot in this movie, and I don't need it to be to enjoy it and to endorse it. But there isn't a lot, even the moments where it like pushes in and it's you see kevin klein like watching something he doesn't like you know or realizing something about his friend it's there in his eyes but you you watch it and you kind of go oh snap but you don't go oh snap you know what i mean it's like there's nothing Mm -hmm. that 
crackles with electricity on screen for me, except Kevin Costner. And there's a lot in the script. Like, I think, again, this is not, I'm not trying to criticize a movie like, don't go see it, it's not good. I just, I found myself sometimes wanting more. Like, Brian Dennehy is good enough that he can give you that dazzling smile. But for example, when it turns and we realize, oh, so he's not, you know, the, the big friendly nice guy is just a mask that this guy who, you know, is really quite brutal underneath wears. Or he's he prefers to be jovial, but when it's called upon, the, the brutality is right there, ready to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And when he hit the guy, it didn't feel particularly shocking to me. Uh, you know, I didn't, they're all, it, the movie tells the story. Everyone's there sitting at the table and that you see that they recognize what they've just seen. But I didn't feel shocked by it. And I thought there mm-hmm. were a lot of places in this movie. One of the things I like about a really great Western is you feel how, how thin the membrane between life and death was, you know, it's like everyone's wearing a gun, people throw down, they shoot, people get shot in the saloon on a Saturday night. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I do. Yeah. You could, you could be out four days from a town you could fall off your horse and get a bad break in your leg and you're dead man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Um, and so, so it, that's part of the romanticism of it was just that life was hard but it was sweet. Like the good things, you were just so much more present out of necessity. Um, and when a bad man threatened the town, you had a choice. You could either roll over or you could stand up to him. But neither one was a particularly attractive choice. If you lived through it, you felt all the more alive, mm-hmm. right? But there was always this, this crackling sense of potential danger and harm. Um, and I just didn't, there's a lot of that in the script. I didn't feel a lot of that crackle on the page. The, the gunfights are exciting, um, you know, and when, when people are shooting guns at each other and ducking and squibs are going off right at their feet or next to their head, you know, you involuntarily twitch at that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the interpersonal scenes, like when Danny Glover confronts his sister for the first time. And that's a complicated story. Like she left the family farmstead and went into the town and she's a whore now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Danny Glover left. I'm not, I don't have clear in my mind exactly what he did, but you know, there's a lot of bitterness and, and there's a lot of history there. And I felt that scene. I just had the feeling like I, oh, it was, I could have, it could have been even richer somehow. Did you feel that or am I just? Well, this this is what I would say to that. You know, he also, another that I've, it's been a long time since I've seen, but, you know, he directed Wyatt Earp um, and, you know, he directed Body Heat. So he's done um, more dramatic work. And I wonder if this was more, this came, I looked, this came out at July 10th, 1995. So this was clearly meant to be a popcorn summer 85? movie. So I, 85. I wonder if he was 85, 85. Uh, Silverado. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if, you know, the intention was, this is a, 
this is a popcorn movie. This is kind of a, it's, it's kind of a family film to a degree, even though you have those, you know, the, the, you yeah. know, Danny Glover's sister is a whore and everything. So I just, you know, I'm just guessing this, but I wonder if sure, it was because there's no blood in this or anything. There's well, no, no, there's way. a lot of comedy in this. So I think maybe he may have purposely and, and also not being incredibly versed in, uh, in Westerns. While I was watching this, I was thinking, I wonder what um, influences there were for this that I'm not really aware of, you know, in, in much the same way that Raiders of the Lost Ark was based on these um, serials that Steven sure. Spielberg and George Lucas watched as a kid or watched as kids. And, you know, those were really cheesy. Raiders was an elevated, you know, higher sheen version of that, but wasn't like a full on drama or something like that. And I wonder, it's hard to tell like what, you know, he may have based this on some uh, Western from the 1950s that he saw when he was a kid where, you know, you never saw, you saw the good guy or you saw the bad guy get shot, but you never saw him bleed, you know, and, and that kind of thing. I, yeah. I, I yeah. may be reading too much into it, but I just wonder if no, no, he, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. If the, the intention was not to go, you know, you right. don't make, um, it's not unforgiven. It's, it's definitely not un- unforgiven. Yeah. Right? You Which don't is deliberately brutal and gritty. Yeah. I mean, unforgiven is designed to leave scars. Right. Does. You, and this is not that movie. You, uh, you know, you don't, you have Brian Denny, he's the bad guy, but he's not too sinister. And it's, it's clear to an adult that Danny Glover's sister is a whore, but that don't, I don't think they ever call her a whore, you know? Right, so right. if there's kids in the audience, they don't, you know, they're not going to understand what it is that she does, you know? Um, right. So I, I think maybe it was, this was, you know, meant to be a little bit lighter and, and maybe that's why it weren't, it was, didn't quite have the performances that, that you're talking about. Could be a valid argument you make. And again, I want to just, I want to reiterate, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and we're getting, I mean, I, we, I started off I'll, and I've said it a couple of times already. I, I'm ready to recommend that everybody check this out again. Cause I really, really, absolutely. I mean, even We're people just, who aren't that into Western no. or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about something. So anyway, so back to John Cleese, I love John Cleese. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I love, um, Monty Python in particular and the absurdist comedy that John Cleese, uh, did. And he was a really interesting choice for this because he was supposed to be sort of, He's an interesting, he's the sheriff, right? So he's British Mm -hmm. and they've made him the sheriff of the town. And he's not in it a ton, but the impression you get from his sheriff is that basically uh, strangers in town cause problems. So I pretty much ride all strangers out of town. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's no problem. That's my job. And, you know, we see an example of that. um, And it's an unfair, he's, it's unfair, right? Danny Glover comes in and because of his race, the bartender doesn't want to serve him, doesn't want him in the joint and the joint gets kind of smashed up and he treat, he doesn't make him, you know, he doesn't beat him or, or make him pay for all the stuff, but he does say, well, you have to leave. 
Um, and he doesn't even particularly like the bartender, the guy that, you know, he's just like, because right. the guy's like, who's going to pay for this or whatever? And he's like, don't push your luck, you know? Right. So it starts like, well, you got to get out of here. No, it's not a black thing. It's a, it's a, you're, you know, obviously you cause trouble thing. Mm-hmm. Or just you being here is causing trouble thing. So nothing personal, but skadoodle. And then he turns to the other two guys who are white. He's like, uh, now you guys should get out of here too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you were obviously involved in this in some way. And it's making ripples yeah and things kind of you know then somebody ends up in jail and you know and things go a little pear-shaped from there but um the choice of him in casting is interesting to me because he's so intelligent and there there's a sort of a mildness to him in this thing that doesn't quite square with me i don't know i thought it was really interesting to see him on screen but i didn't it didn't ever settle into place for me as a plausible he you know he looks the part i just never i guess i never stopped just seeing john cleese mhm but that's different for you 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 thought it was i i i just think he's fun in this role i mean he's he's understated um he's there's some humor because he's he's sarcastic but it's not it's not the monty python john cleese humor or, or faulty towers, you know, or, right. or something like that. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, he, wit. yeah, he's, um, you know, it might've been kind of, I don't know if stunt casting is the, is the proper, proper term, but you know, it's a small role. He's only in it for five minutes or so. And, um, I don't, I, I just think he's fun in, in the I, role. It makes me think maybe I was watching this movie with the wrong eyes. You know, maybe I went into it and, the scope of it and other little marker posts, you know, leave me, or maybe I just lean towards a Western that has sharper teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I did love Unforgiven and I love the moral complexity that gets explored uh, in Unforgiven. This- that's what draws me to the Western is the kind of, you know, there's nothing out West. The, the law is sort of is what it is. And sometimes it's corrupt, but it's not, you know, good people are good because <laughs> they think being good is its own reward. You know, Danny Glover mm-hmm. says a bunch of times that ain't right, but bad men, you know, get away with whatever others let them get until they're stopped, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just love seeing that get played out where a good guy is faced with complicated choices and may not always make the m- most ethical or moral choice and yet still be counted. You know, it's not binary. It's not a white hat and a black hat. It's a spectrum of complicated, you know, inter-affecting moral and ethical choices in a landscape like that. And I really enjoy seeing that explored and those are in the script but that was not the focus of this movie they're there yeah but that's not what the movie is that's not what the movie we watch is about it's a it's about this it's sort of western adventure story exactly yeah it's an action adventure kind of comedy looking for something that the movie never was was trying to be I think it's kind of more along the lines of and I, I think Silverado is a better movie than this I think it's along the lines kind of of something like Tombstone, which was a movie that I really, it came out in 93 or 94 or something like that. 
which I really liked at the time. And if you watch Kurt it, Russell, right? uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the, the best thing about that is Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. I mean, he's great. Yeah, but the movie doesn't. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen it, but it doesn't hold up very well. It's, it's oh really? Yeah, it's not a. I was I've revisited. I mean, it's been probably more than ten years ago that I revisited it. But I remember, you know, I was, I don't know, I was early in college when when it came out and really liked it at the time. And I went back and watched it and was like, boy, that it, it does not hold. It feels very 90s. Interesting. Um, so I, I, it, it, that was a bit of a disappointment. But I think that some of what you're you're talking about, I, I think, was a bit kind of later on in Westerns, you know, as as you know, I, I don't I, I think the 50s, 60s, probably even into like the early 70s. You know, I think a lot of there, I don't think there was a whole lot of real, uh, you know, Unforgiven was a deconstruction of, of the Western. It was almost, you know, meant to be like an ex- exclamation point on the Western because that movie is very much about how terrible violence is, you know, whereas, you know, Westerns traditionally in a way kind of celebrate the violence and, you know, Clint Eastwood was making this statement with, you know, there's a, there's a, one of the really great lines uh, that he has is where he's talking to the younger, younger guy after they've been involved in a shootout or something like that. And he says, it's a hell of a thing killing a man. You know, I always thought that was a great line. And I always thought it was great with that movie that it's, it's a, a violent movie about how terrible violence is. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of that happened, happened later. Um, you know, I, I don't think the, particularly, I'm sure the movies that, that Lawrence Kasdan probably loved when he was young, that I'm sure were influences on this were much more, you know, the white, the guy with the white hat and the guy with the black hat. And there's a lot of, the movie would literally be in black and white. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't, uh, well, I don't know. Have you ever watched any of the old uh, John Ford westerns, or you know? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, yeah, John I've, Wayne. Yeah, some those were the ones. Like I say, those like John Wayne never. I know people love John Wayne, and I just he just never did a whole lot for me. I liked, I liked the Clint Eastwood ones more. This the you know the spaghetti westerns that were kind of more ambiguous. You know, where it was more of a of an anti hero. You know. Um, so I'm going to give you, I, I don't know that it's appropriate for our podcast, although what, who cares? What do we, who cares? But yeah. I, I, I'm going to say you ought to check out, um, the original true grit. If you I, I've seen, yeah, I've seen the original true grit and I like that one. Yeah. It's, um, it's a hell of a movie and I think it's sort of John Wayne at his best. He's clearly the good guy, mm-hmm. but He's an early anti-hero. Mm-hmm. Like he's, a, he's a complicated guy, and he ends up doing good things. But we don't find him at the beginning of the movie as being a particularly unbesmirched character. And that was when you were getting into the, uh, I don't know the exact year that was. That was late 60s or early 70s. But that's when you're getting into the, you know, the counterculture was taking over film. And you had all these younger directors coming in that you know weren't part of the studio system and they were 
making a lot different statements. What blows my mind about True Grit is that it's rated G. <laughs> it's rated 69 G. is when that came out. So that yeah. was where, you know, we were starting to have this transition from traditional movies to uh, the younger people were taking over and they were kind of pushing back against the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, people and people get shot, people get blindsided, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't get shot in the face and part of their head blows off. You know, they get shot and they clutch their chest, ah, fall off their horse. But you know, it's about a girl. It starts with this girl going to town to try and settle her father's affairs. And this is like the opening scene. They're hanging guys mm-hmm. and she stands there and they, it's not a shot of her watching them hang. It's a shot of the hanging. And they, they and I'm just like, it's like true grit rated G. Yeah. Here, watch this hanging. <laughs> just kind of like, you don't really see it unless it's, you know, they're trying to shock you and scare you, but watching somebody hang is upsetting. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. upsetting. And that's how they open the movie. And I just kind of like rated G. That is that is crazy. There's no sex in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's that was the litmus test. Anyway, violence I, I is okay that, in these. I think those John Ford westerns. When I watched this one, a, a lot of that felt referenced here. The great big, yeah, the great big wide shots and then the all oh, um, the cinematography in this is really is yeah, really and, something. And the soundtrack with the with all the horns. You you know, it felt it felt like um, those John Ford and westerns to me is like, and also you know one west. one thing that I love about westerns is um, the and this this one is no exception the sound design you know just the sound of the guns yeah. and their spurs yeah. and the yeah. wooden floors and all that and they yeah. really they do a great job you know with all that. Let me ask you this: so, um this is something that, you know, I've heard my parents and and when my grandparents were alive saying this, you know, because they grew up when there were just a million Westerns, there were a million Westerns on TV there, you know, the cinemas were full of Westerns. And I read a quote looking through IMDb about this movie where Lawrence Kasdan said he loves the Western because you can tell any story, you know, within a Western. Um, and well, look Westerns or something. What's that? Uh, I said, look at the Mandalorian. I mean, that is, yeah, yeah. The Mandalorian is a, is a Star Wars space movie, but it is, it's a spaghetti Western basically. And that, and that's the thing, you know, I'm saying that I'm, I'm not a big fan of Westerns, but I, I do like, um, I love taking a West, you know, and that's basically what Star Wars is, and especially The Mandalorian, like you said. I love taking the idea of taking a Western and putting it in space. I, that really, you know, that really appeals to me. But, you know, they there there are still Westerns made now, um, and they, uh, you know, there'll be a big one here and there. You know, Django Unchained was a big, big hit movie because, yeah. um, you know, pretty much everything... Tarantino does. And even within, um, you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is actually, Django Unchained, you'd say that's a a Western? Because it takes place in the South. 
Is it in the South? It, I mean, I think of it as Western in terms of they're riding around on horses and, you know, they it's in yeah, the 1800s. Yeah, I guess. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a Western in um, set in Dixie because they yeah. end up going to try and get right. his wife. He's a freed slave. And, right. Christopher White's character. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pals or he bought him and freed him or something. I don't remember their relationship, actually. But they're going to get his wife, who is a slave on um, um, Wolf of Wall Street. What's his name? Um, oh, uh, Leo DiCaprio. Leo DiCaprio's plantation, right? And that's a great performance from Leo DiCaprio, by the way. Everybody sure. has a great performance in that. Uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Man, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that is a, <laughs> let's see, shockingly bloody, brutal movie. Oh, sure, sure. If you're into Tarantino, I really thought that was a humdinger. Well, and and also with um, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you have almost essentially a Western movie in the middle of that where he's yeah. filming the scenes and it's yeah. you're like, wow, this is a I would like to see a movie, you know, of, of just this. But why do you think it is that? the Westerns have never truly made a comeback that there aren't 10 of them a year. You know, why, why do you think they kind of went out of fashion and Boy, that's a great for whatever reason have never really come back? I don't know. Cause they make money. I mean, it's, it's not like it's a thing where you say, well, they don't make any money, you know? Um, there have been, a, I don't know the answer to that, but let's talk about it. I, it makes me think, did you ever see the movie hostiles? No. Oh man, that's um that's a more independent feeling movie. It just didn't make such a big splash. That's um I don't know what's wrong with the part of my brain can't remember anybody's name. Today. Is it from 2017 or maybe it was that recent? Is it is it uh uh Christian Bale? Yes. Okay. No, I have not seen it. You, you ought to check that out. That, it's not, I mean, there's a reason why it's not a modern classic. It's not a perfect film. But in terms of exploring the moral ambiguity and, and conflicting, um, conflicting um, motivations, uh, it, it's, it, there's some, just some great performances in there. Um but I don't know, you know, it does seem to be a popular genre, so I don't know either. I, as an actor, it's always been sort of a dream of mine. That it would be a lot of fun to be in a Western. I mean, you know, I just think it's, it's such, um, such a great genre that I'm, I mean, I'd like to be in a sci-fi movie too. Or I'd sure. like to be in a World War II movie. Um, but a Western in particular just seems like it'd be. Oh man, it'd be so oh, much yeah. fun to do. That would be a lot of fun. One they're, that they, uh, I mean, they must run numbers. They must just be like, you know, because to me, you can use the West to explore any kind of story you want. Yeah. Uh, um, there is one from 2015 that I have have not seen, um, and if you haven't seen it, it's one that I think we should do for the for the show sometime. Bone Tomahawk. Have you seen that with Kurt Russell? Wait a minute. Have I seen it? I'm gonna let me give me one second to pull it up. There's a little bit of a twist to it, which 
if you go to IMDb, it says what it is, which I, I, I think is, I mean, I know the twist, but I don't I want to give want, it away. If you haven't I seen want it. to say that I have seen it, but I don't remember it. It's, um, I, I feel like I have seen it. There's at least one really shocking scene in it, isn't there? It's supposed to be, again, I haven't seen it, but what I understand of it, it is supposed to be, it's supposed to be pretty brutal. And it's a, it's a, a Western that turns into a horror film, essentially. feel like i've seen it but why don't we why don't we do it for next time okay we'll, we'll, it's one that i've always wanted to see and i just never got around to it for for great. whatever reason great i like i say i feel like i've seen it i feel like tom recommended that i watch it it, it seems like something tom would be into because it's like i say it has that genre element of it's a western but it's horror too well uh, and it's 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 one of those interesting movies that sometimes you see a movie that sort of starts as one thing and it's not mm-hmm. just a faint at that thing it's like it is that thing and then by the end of the movie it has turned into a different thing that, yeah <laughs> that's my understanding mean? of it yeah. it's like you know like one of those big jawbreakers or gumballs that you suck on and it start it's sweet and ends up being sour or mm-hmm. something um it, it, you know it doesn't fit the classical uh three you know it doesn't fit the like slam dunk blockbuster form of act one act two and act three per se or, or it, you know, they're harder to market because, well, do we market it as a Western or do we market it as a horror movie or, you know, but okay. So that's what we're doing for next. Time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it has Kurt Russell, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, Richard Jenkins, David Arquette, um, Sean Young. It's a really great cast. Sean Young. Yeah. All right. So, you know who we haven't talked about in this one? Um, what is the actress's name? Linda? Is it Linda Hunt? Uh, it is um, Hunt. I know is her last name. I, I'm going to have to look here. Um, she's the woman that that runs runs the bar. Yeah, and um, and she is just she uh, Costner really handed it. She really shines for me too. Mm-hmm. Every time it pushes in for her close up. There's just so much going on under the skin there, you know. Linda Hunt, yeah, you were right. Yeah, she's she's great, and she was in Dune too, and of course, right. I think she was in the Year of Living Dangerously, and yeah, she, yep, she, she is. Had a, a storied career, she's kindergarten cop. But um, she's uh, I don't know what the politically correct term is for someone of her stature now, but she's very small. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to see someone it seems very fitting in a western to see someone that doesn't fit expectations somehow mm-hmm. like I, I don't know it just seems like there's always someone in a western that doesn't fit the mold and that person gets the usual you know kind of not always negative attention but you know unwanted attention you'd expect but something about the atmosphere is like well you know folks make do as best they can and that's what we're all doing and you know what i mean there's a there's a kind of an interesting plurality to like i don't know exactly how to articulate what i'm saying something about the west was sort of like if you can survive and you can hold your own then you know good it could be kind of a collection of misfits yeah you know? it, 
it could there there's so there's it, there was more a sense of a place for everyone because there was so much space mm-hmm. and the metric was really if you can make a go of it right because otherwise nature just killed you nature or society such as it was mm-hmm. so anybody who's thriving even if they're different um has has figured out a way to negotiate that and I, there's something egalitarian about that that's appealing to me in the western too it's a anyway and other than the performance is is fantastic yeah they only make one you know little nod when uh kevin klein first first uh meets her and he's he's instantly um you know um instantly likes her and instantly is yeah yeah, charmed by her that's the word i was gonna say attracted but it's not like he's in love with her it's just he's uh you know he likes her but she uh it's it's funny because she is getting him a drink and he you know he knows that she's small and he looks over the bar and she has a little ramp she built. goes around behind and yeah, she's taller she behind the bar. Exactly. Yeah. The bar she's so, built a little gangway for herself. But other than that, they never really, um, I, I think explicitly mentions it. Nobody says anything. I think there's one, um, one part where Jeff Goldblum, who he turns out to be, uh, he turns out to be a, a, a really bad guy. And there's a, I think he makes some kind of reference to one of the characters that all oh, your, your little friend, you know, will be back in a little bit in, in a derogatory way. But other than that, it's not like, you know, anybody has any kind of problem or takes an advantage of, takes advantage of her or anything like that. Um, Another thing about this movie that I think is really great is this is one of these movies that I would say has excellent replay value. You know, you just kind of watch this every couple of years and, yeah. you know, not get, you know, it makes me think I, definitely, I could see how. That, sorry, I think we have a little delay because I feel like we. Oh, okay. We keep kind of doing that dance, but you finish your thought. I'm sorry. I was just going to say I could see how uh, my friend Shelley, how you know this would have been a movie for whatever reason. I didn't see it until um, the 2000s. I didn't watch this when I was a kid, but this would have just been one of these that if I'd caught it on HBO, would have just watched it over and over and over again. Sure. It makes me think of a movie like when I, of course, the pandemic has made everything feel weird. But typically we would go home to my parents' house in West Virginia uh, for Christmas. Um, And I'd be down there for a a week or two, you know, certainly before I was married and had kids. I love to just stay up with some beer and watch a movie in the living Mm -hmm. room at night. Um, And this strikes me as the kind of thing that I'd be like, I wonder if, you know, I wonder if. Silverado streaming somewhere because it's just the kind of if you had to turn it off and you'd seen it several times you could but you just get you fall right into it and um, yeah it, it's replayable and it stands up for sure it doesn't feel um, dated no I don't think so either I, it's interesting hearing you talk about Tombstone because I I have not seen it in a while, but I remember thinking it when I saw it, I'm like, that's not the best movie I've ever seen, but I did enjoy that. Um, I don't think it's that it's terrible. It's just it, as I remember it, it comes off as cheesier than, than I recalled it, you know, but of course it's 25 years old or older, you know, so. I remember, I remember to this day, I remember seeing the makeup, like a lot of, 
a lot of um, you know glued on facial hair and but really being able to see it on screen. Yeah. Am I thinking of a different film? It's a big distraction for me because I'm like, how many millions of dollars did you spend to make this movie? Why can I see the <laughs> you know the makeup? Mm-hmm. Like you should get some somebody doing better makeup than that, or they need to talk to the cinematographer or something. Yeah. It's, it's taken me out of it. But it, uh, I, I think it, it's still worth watching for Val Kilmer. I mean, he steals the movie. He's he's really great. And you know, I love Kurt Russell. Kurt yeah. Russell is is great in everything. You know, but it's just too it's, many bad movies I can think of with Kurt Russell in him. He's just no. really enjoyable. Yeah. Well, we're gonna watch uh, Bone Tomahawk next. Um, so do that with us. Um, anything else? When I mean, it's, we've said it before. I I think we both enthusiastically recommend this. Absolutely, yeah. This is kind of a, you know, a movie for for everybody. Yeah, it's great. You could even watch it with your kids. I I don't think there's anything to. There's a little bit of cursing, you know, but beyond that, you know, again, a little bit of cursing and you know some gunplay, so people get shot. It's it's bloodless though, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. there isn't any you know sex or anything like that in it. There's no bone tomahawk. Nope, there's no bone tomahawk. No, bone tomahawk, from what I understand, is I I think this is going to be a big contrast because I think it's a brutal, I think (laughs) there's some really brutal violence as as far as I know in this one. I think I did watch it, and I think it was so much so that it was sort of, I may have blocked it out a little bit, but let's go back into it. Sure, yeah. It's Um, It's one of those that I've always wanted to watch, and this gives me an excuse to do so. Excellent. Um, okay, well, let's, let's, um, it's a little bit of a shorter episode this week, but let's call it there. And um, if you have requests or feedback or whatever, you can hit us up at Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. And you can subscribe on any of your platforms, Apple podcasts or Simplecast, or I don't know. We're still trying to spread it out there, but um, next week we're going to be watching bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell. Um, and if you're feeling like it, check it out so we can all sort of talk and think about it together next week.